cutting room combos may not be suitable for younger listeners. In addition to language advisory, this podcast may contain themes that are triggering or sensitive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. but I think you hear Paco's footsteps. <laughs> well, welcome to Cutting Room Convos, people. I'm Yasmin, and I realized that I said the daughter's last name instead of her first name. So. Abbott? <laughs> I'm sorry. I yelled at, I'm sorry. What's her name? Reagan. Such a... So we have the mom, Evelyn. Yes. The daughter, Reagan. The boy... Uh, Marcus. Marcus. And the baby Yoda. <laughs> For all I know, probably. <laughs> Grogu. So, again, I'm Yasmin. I'm Jenny. And uh, we're going to be continuing on from A Quiet Place, in case you weren't listening last week. We were talking about the first Quiet Place movie. And now we will be talking about A Quiet Place Part 2. It mm-hmm. came out in 2020. And once again, directed by John Krasinski. And it is a continuation from the first movie, but in the beginning, it at least shows how uh, the apocalyptic world came to be. Yeah. How the aliens first invaded and whatnot, and they just came literally crashing like, we run this bitch. Yeah. And um, later on in the movie, Reagan finds a way to use her hearing aid uh, weapon to help other people. Mm. Spoilers! Spoilers! (laughs) So... Usually, for me, sequels never really surpass the first movie. And in my opinion, this was almost there. Oh, really? For me. Whoa. Yeah. That's high praise, because you're right. You don't fuck with the original. It's Yasmin's, like, theme song. (laughs) It really is. And this one actually proved otherwise to me for the Mm -hmm. first time. So I, like, again, really close. I really like this one. Like, just as much as the first. I, I can't even uh, choose which one I liked better. What, what about you? I loved it. Yeah. Just, just as much as I loved the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to for this to be like a whole-ass series. And I don't know if that's my love for like The Walking Dead, post-apocalyptic. Like, JR Ooh. likes the survival things. I get it. Yeah. This could be a continuing story. I can see that. Like, we just got just a little taste of a couple theories that I was talking about in the first episode that we did about this. Mm-hmm. And, like, I want to see more. And I love the characters. So, like, it's oh, yeah. all around. I really liked it. Yeah. Like, there's there's room for even more growth in all of these characters, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. And both of the movies that I have seen in the endings, they both end on, like, not necessarily with the closure, but not on too much of a cliffhanger. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, I, I can accept this ending. I won't be mad if there isn't a next one. But, like, when there is, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, well, bring it on. And I didn't think that they would be able to bring much into this sequel. But it, it turned out better than I thought. Yeah, I really liked how they started it. Yeah. With the, like, flashback. Flashback? Yes. To the beginning of the whole thing. I really did like that because I got that sense of peace at first, and you know, it, it was a, it was an extreme start. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like hit the ground running. Yeah. Oh, literally. 
like all of a sudden everybody is running for their lives and like hella danger. So yeah, the, it, it was really cool. Now, my expectations when it came to the effects for the sequel, I thought they were going to be like probably the same as the first and I was wrong. Mm. <laughs> for both audio and visual. So like, well, visual, there was a lot more than I thought. So I thought that was really cool. Um, first one was what I really liked, the third person view, particularly in that little flashback scene with Evelyn driving the car. Then all of a oh, sudden that yeah. bus like, you know, coming at her. You see her driving in yeah. reverse. But oh like, my God. Imagine uh, watching this in VR. Right? Oh, that's oh. scary. <laughs> Like, it was frightening. Like, all you see her face as she's reversing, but, like, all you can see is the bus with the alien on it coming yeah, at Yeah, it's her. like we were sitting in the center seat in the back. Yes. And oh. we can see only ahead of us. <laughs> that that was, like, pretty, um, what what is it? Intense. Yeah, pretty intense, yeah. <laughs> it actually it gave me lots of, um, like, video game vibes because I feel like a lot of the times... We're in that, like, extra seat watching. Yes. I also thought, like, kind of, like, one of those, like, not roller coaster, but those uh, those rides at Universal, at Universal Studios. Oh, it's, like, like, mostly screens, like, all around you, and they, like, project. Right, and you feel the movements and everything. Yeah, and then it squirts water at you, and <laughs> the um, giant spiders come out. <laughs> Which one's that one? That one was the Harry Potter one. <laughs> And, like, I knew the spiders were coming. I closed my eyes before I saw any of it. And then I heard the hiss and then a spit. <laughs> that was I mean, gross. I'll be rude with you. My eyes were closed 90% of that ride anyway. <laughs> so. You, man. The only one so that cool. I liked was when we were on the brooms. We're not talking about Harry Potter no. right now. <laughs> no, Harry Potter reference. Um, <laughs> yes. So the third person view there, that was really cool. Um, and then the idea of the camera traveling backwards. Like, I, I thought that was really cool in the uh, chase scene when, uh, what was it, Evelyn and the family, they first met Emmett, and they were taking him to his, like, little safe house. Oh. And as they were, like, running through that, what was it, like a warehouse? It looked like a warehouse, like? yeah, like yeah. a concrete type. Yeah. Yeah. They were, like, running through there, and all you see is, like, Evelyn and I think Reagan, they were both kind of, like, running at us, quote unquote, but yeah. getting away from the alien that is spotted behind yeah. them. Yeah. Also, like them. a ride. Yeah. <gasps> it's like, it's very um, Indiana Jones with a boulder behind him. Oh my God. You're right. You know, I've never actually like seen <gasps> that one. In Me neither. <laughs> but it looks thrilling. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> we should watch that. Yeah. As an extra, not as a cutting room combos thing but as a yes and jenny thing <laughs> okay go ahead sorry yes. no that's okay so i i liked that feeling that we were going backwards and we were seeing the chase you know not just from behind their heads <laughs> um another one was uh i didn't know what to call this i just put in my notes character blocking the view uh when reagan decided to you know run off and go and find help or whatever she found an abandoned train. She goes inside it. And then when she, when the dead body of the train conductor or whatever, oh, yeah. like, lands on her arm, and then she, like, backs up, and then she, you know, recuperates, you know, catches her breath. During that time, she is uh, shown blocking the view of, you know, the little runway 
part oh, of yeah. the train. Oh, yeah. I remember because I said, move your head. It's behind you. Right. And I was like, shit, sorry, guys. <laughs> she called it. <laughs> so when the moment Reagan lifted her head, you see the alien from far away entering the train. And then that's when the music comes in, the suspense. Yeah. And, oh. But, yeah. I thought that was a cool little visual to mention. Uh, another one. And this was, like, a little more generalized, but... I liked the transitions between each character's situations. You know how like in a very intense moment when things are seemingly getting worse and worse for everybody, you like keep switching to this person's story. Oh yeah. And then what's happening at this moment and then back and forth. Mm -hmm. So like I thought this was really cool because they had some elements (gasps) represented that uh, were part of the transitions in between these moments. So let me explain. So the first one is fire. Uh, so remember the scene where Reagan and Emmett were walking together by that dock and they found like the little girl there being all creepy, kneeling, facing Oh, down. yeah. And then all, the, all those like people just like came out and attacked and shit. And then when Emmett decided to stop the main guy from taking Reagan away, oh, the, yeah. the lantern he, he was holding crashed onto the dock and then a fire burst. Yeah. And then that changed into the part where Evelyn was shooting near the alien's feet um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get that fire going because he was, what, on an oil puddle or something? Yeah. Uh, so there was that fire. Yeah. And then there was water um, when uh, after Emmett... Uh, distracted the guy and then Reagan jumped into the water Emma jumped into the water as well and that led to Evelyn uh going under that ceiling sprayer thing of water after the fire had bursted and then there was air uh so then Marcus was waking up from Evelyn opening the safe because you know he locked himself in there without oxygen (laughs) I mean in his defense he was panicking He, he was panicking rightfully so but then after the thing opened, then it transitioned to Emmett, uh, like, bursting out from the lake, you know, yeah. gasping for air after Marcus gasped for air. So I thought that was, like, a really cool transition in between. I couldn't find anything for Earth, but that's... I mean, uh, they live on the Earth. They live, <laughs> they live on Honestly, the that's a really good observation. I didn't even think about that, and I want to watch this movie again now just to see that. <laughs> I didn't know if that was there, like like intention behind it but like it just happened to work that yeah way. it's so clever yeah so i like those transitions that that was a really cool representation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then of course i'm gonna say it first person view i liked it uh particularly when emmett was underwater and he was struggling underneath with the rope around his neck oh yeah because it was also attached to uh the guy that he tied up up on the dock so that way he got attacked by the alien and as the alien's attacking the guy's jerking around and then uh. but oh, then, yeah it was very um happy feet <laughs> <laughs> oh no and love lace right love lace everybody's like go so love lace <laughs> <laughs> he's um, just being jerked around by other things <laughs> while it's around his neck and it's scary it is scary and then you see like the view of Emmett while underwater looking at the dock and seeing the guy getting mutilated by the alien but like the fact that you see that underwater effect in front of the visual like it it was really cool um so that's what i have for visual that was a lot 
Um, and then there was audio, of course, or unless you have any other visual ones. That was all I Shadows. Think. The use of silhouettes. I feel like, especially in the beginning when we're in like, at the beginning of the panini, they're like, <laughs> at the beginning of the whole crisis thing, when they're in the restaurant, and you just see like the shadow passing through the window, and you can like see its face like moving. And like they, like imagine their point of view, they don't know what the fuck that is. They haven't taken a good look at it. You know what I mean? So it's just like this ominous looking shadow just walking across the restaurant and then that stupid girl's phone. Oh, I was so sorry about that. That girl's stupid phone. It wasn't her fault that someone else called her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's true. I mean, let's be honest though. All those that time she kept calling mom, mom, and then the mom decides to call like a minute later, you know, causing the daughter's death probably. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. But they did that a lot with this with the creature. Like I liked how it was always like when it was in focus it was disgusting but if it wasn't in focus it was like blurred or a shadow or in the corner like right. ominously just there Oof. and it always moved slow until it heard a noise yeah then it was like um, freakish fast yeah right <laughs> with long as arms <laughs> so yeah that's that's a really good one i forgot about that they still kept use of silhouette on there that yeah that was nice um and then for visuals or no audio sorry um, of course, they had, you know, the uh, the point of view or hearing, I guess, for Reagan, because uh, she is, of course, deaf. Um, I liked in the beginning when, you know, the chaos had started, everybody screaming and everything, and then it changes to Reagan waiting in the car, but then utter silence. Oh, yeah. You know, she's just waiting in the car while everything's happening around her, but she doesn't hear anything, and neither yeah. do we. So I thought that was really cool. The You called it in the last episode the aural point of view? Aural. Yeah, that makes more sense. Oh, my God. Where's my head today? <laughs> um, so there was that. Um, and I like that they brought back the, the music and the headphones thing. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, when they were hearing that song, uh, Beyond the Sea, I believe. And yeah, Marcus, like, he woke up, he hears it. He's like, oh, my God, it's music. And then he, he takes it off. No music. Evelyn puts the headphones on. Mm-hmm. Here's music. Like, it, that was really cool. I mean, yes, but also, you want to know what it makes me think of? Hmm. Coming-of-age movies. Oh. When they get really mad, they go to their room, they close the door, and they put their headphones on, and then the music turns clear, and it comes to the forefront of the soundtrack. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but that that is really cool. Um, and I liked that they added more use of speech in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought at first, like, you know, A Quiet Place Part 2, another movie where it's just going to be, you know, sign language. And that it is cool, but, like, the repetition of it all, like, I don't know how they could keep the conversations interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the dialect. Um, but, like, they added more characters. There was more variety, more chances for, you know, other people to just be speaking. Yeah, and I also, guess. like, forced speaking because, like, Emmett didn't know sign language he knew like two words right yeah that frustration i felt so bad i love Um, how she said like enunciate yeah that literally helps that showed like another sort of form of communication in a way like i thought that was really cool yeah i think i think the sign language bit of this whole thing is is like really clever because because to act you react right but when you're Mm. talking you have all these like ups and downs and angry voices and you know calm tones sad voice but you can but but in order for them to express that they have like 
Regan has to use her whole body. Like in the first movie when she's like, it won't work. Yeah. And you could just see her anger and it's expressed through her whole body instead of just her voice. Oh, yeah. So so I think I like it, to be honest. Yeah. It really gives the characters, or the actress at least, more more body movement expression. Like you can see it in their whole body rather than in just their face or their stance. Yeah. And I, speaking of the daughter, I like how they had her do vocal expressions as she was signing like she was still saying words you know mm-hmm. it it shows that you know you can still like speak to an extent right yeah. like as as you're signing so i mean i, I like how they kind of had her i don't know use her vocals a little bit like to show like more expression yeah so yeah but uh that's all that i had for audio it wasn't as much as visual this is me. This is my <laughs> thinking face. I'm trying to think of other audio things. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I have any. Oh, just a little the baby. How, like, oh. in the first movie, I didn't realize that the oxygen tank was so that the baby could breathe. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was always like, they're just going to suffocate the baby in there. Like, it's completely covered. <laughs> like, I've heard so many horror stories of, like, actual children passing away because they're, like, under too many blankets. Oh. And, like, and I, and then... I think it was JR who said it, and I was like, oh, it was like a fucking light bulb. I almost went, oh, like, <laughs> oh, yes. No, that, that was uh, definitely important. There were some scares in this one that affected me in the movie that actually made me jump a little bit. First one, and I put this note in all caps, the crows. For some reason, when Reagan was walking along that abandoned train, I wasn't expecting anything scary to happen. There was no, like, you know, build of suspense. Yeah, if anything, I expected her to turn a corner and see a monster. Right, and then all of a sudden, these crows just fly out. Like, (laughs) my heart flew out of my ass faster than the crows flew out of the train. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it was like they had no business scaring me like that. (laughs) With the added bass and, like, the fake scare. Like, it was worse than the raccoons, okay? Oh. So there was that. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, that probably scared me the most in the whole movie, which is stupid. But anyway. You um, mentioned the, the raccoons, and I almost got really mad. And and I wasn't going to do it, and then I was going to do it. Jordan, you son of a bitch. You said raccoons two seconds before the raccoons came out of the first movie. And I'm so mad at you for that. I'm not letting it go. And now it's permanently on a podcast for you to know how angry I am. Oh, damn. Anyways, yes, crows. Yes, those crows. Um And then another scare was, uh, of course, in that same scene where the alien was slowly stalking towards Reagan. Yeah. After she had the uh, the feedback playing, and you see the alien like fighting through with each step. Oh yeah, but he kept going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my god! And then on top of that, Reagan is struggling with the shotgun with just one hand. I'm like, oh my god! What are you gonna do? I was scared she was gonna shoot herself because of how like uncoordinated she was with one hand oh my god it was terrible and then the screeches were getting louder and louder with the music and i'm just like oh my god this is the end but it wasn't so next uh well last scare that i had was again the whole uh, claustrophobia thing kind of like when uh the kids were stuck in the silo and the first one like kind of oh yeah uh-huh but uh this one was when marcus was trapped in the safe with no oxygen with his baby brother with like a very 
little oxygen left in his tank. Yeah. And they had to share that, and then Marcus... They didn't have to. He totally stole it from the baby. I was scared that the little baby was going to die faster. True. Yeah, that's true. And then on top of that, Marcus, he... He always freaked out, like, from the beginning at everything since the first movie. And then the fact that he was freaking out even more in the safe, hyperventilating, I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, calm down because you're freaking me out. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) So those were, like, the only scares that actually got me. I mean, everything else was, like, really good, but, like, yeah. (laughs) Was there anything that scared you? Jenny, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's my thinking face again. Um, not that I can think of right now. Let me check my notes. Don't look at my notes. No, I don't have anything scary. All right. No, I only no. have two notes. <laughs> oh God. No, that's okay. We'll use them. Then tropes, trope, trope, tropes. I'm gonna keep singing like different sort of songs until I one sticks. Okay. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, so there were maintained tropes in this one as well as I think the previous one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll talk about those first. And of course there was the dog sensing danger before the humans do. Which they do. If my dog won't go into a house, Mm. I won't either. Rest in peace, Sadie. Rest in peace, Sadie. That's where I was going to head to, but (laughs) you took it from me. Uh, It's my thing. So, except for Paco, he's a little stupid. No, Look at him. Oh, but he's so sweet. Yeah, he's stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so an example for the dog sensing danger before humans was, you know, at the basketball game, uh, seeing the or baseball. basketball, baseball, sorry. Um, <laughs> big difference. Take me out to the basketball game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it when uh, there was like that fiery UFO or whatever flying downwards. And then the... Uh, I thought it was crashing. It probably was, honestly. Um, and the uh, German Shepherd and the pickup truck, like, barking, too. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. So they, they knew what was going on. And, and I liked that trope. That was really good. Um, another one was where, you know, intense fog suddenly appears, and that is added to anticipate a serious moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, when uh, Reagan and Emmett, they were walking, I think they were going towards those docks to get to a boat Mm -hmm. and it happened to be an extra foggy night and you know they were (laughs) creeping through and everything was just fog fog everywhere and then there was eerie music to go along with it of course and it seemed like a weird place to me maybe you know if I see it a second time it'll seem more normal but the fog the fog I mean I think it'd be a little normal because like um you, you ever like wake up and you I don't know if any of you guys have bodies of water near you but but like water loses and gains heat slower than the air around us. So like if it was still warm from the sun that day and the night's getting cooler, it makes sense that it would be fogging up. Oh, so it's more natural then. Okay. Yeah, and this did take place in a pretty rural area. So like like oh. silos and fog and piers. Like not everybody knows about that. Like we don't have any near us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And then another one that I had was where... First one, there's a creepy little girl alone in a creepy place. Oh, yeah, she's place, creepy. Right? Like, looking all sad or whatever, and you go towards the little girl just to see what's wrong, and then something We all said wrong. it, too. There was, like, five of us watching this movie, and we were all like, don't go to the girl. Go- go- girl. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I, fucking <laughs> goofy? 
<laughs> no, I was thinking the guy from Despicable Me. <laughs> Girls. Um, <laughs> Gru. Gru. Mr. Gru. <laughs> oh, God. So. Yeah, don't go towards creepy girls in the middle of a fucking... Especially if they're holding on to a rope that's going to go around your neck. Yeah, right. Emmett. Just saying. So, yeah. That that was, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about that one. It was, it was I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, the scare or the trope? The, both. Yeah. yeah, well, we knew it was coming. Like, who the fuck? Yeah. Why would you? It's like, what were you thinking, guy? Come on. Anyways. Okay. Um, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I was writing one more note. I have three notes. Oh, gosh. Now I have three. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so on to defeated tropes, um, which is my favorite part, um, where a scare usually happens after a build of suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when the aliens crashed, there was, like, no suspense at all. Uh, they just, like, gave no fucks and crashed into a car and started attacking everybody on the street. Um, and it happened in broad daylight, mid-conversation between uh, John Krasinski's character and I think the, the sheriff of the town or whatever. Oh, yeah. They were just, just talking, you know, whatever. Yeah, what the fuck all- is going on? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> in your face, like, okay, fucking run. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know what? Case. That should be a button. Okay, fucking run. <laughs> <laughs> I would wear that. <laughs> I'll make you one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, another one. I'll be right back. Evelyn kept saying that, like, twice in the movie. I'm like, girl, shut up. You nearly died from that nail in your foot in oh the last God. movie. Like, don't risk your life now. But she came back alive. Yeah. Uh, mostly to the, you know, the alien, like, crashing into the safe house and shit. But she was alive. So that's all that matters. Um, another one was that usually uh, people of a newfound civilization, they're usually not welcoming to newcomers because they're scared that, you know, they're going to lead the enemies right to oh, them. Oh, yeah, and, exactly. Right. But, like, you know, you don't really actually see, like, those people's reactions when yeah. uh, Reagan and Emmett arrive at you that You just see island. her in, like, a new sweater, like, having fucking porridge. Right, and Emmett's, like, you know, given a blanket and sitting in front of a fire, you know, with everybody. And, and They were super welcoming. Oh, yeah, very. And I was just like, well, this is great, but too bad the alien somehow knows how to magically steer a boat. He didn't steer the boat. <laughs> he didn't steer. It was but the like, current. The current totally took him that way. That, that was one fucking ugly, or ugly... Lucky alien. He was <laughs> ugly, but he was lucky. So, yes, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, what were the odds of the boat getting to that island? The anyway, currents. The freaking currents. It's it's like the mainland. <laughs> oh, shit. The, John Krasinski, you need to stop using geography things. Because, because like, how am I supposed to explain fog on a night in a river? And also, the current from the mainland to the island. It makes sense because it's a larger body of water on the other side, so it would current that way. Use of nature. God damn it, John. Yeah, okay. Jim. Jim. <laughs> well, that's cool. Okay. I'll give him that. But can you imagine the alien just like, oh my god. Steamboat Willie. Oh my god. It might be copyrighted. I'm going to call that Alien Willie now. 
Damn it, Willie. <laughs> All right. So, another little theme is that usually badass music is played in the finale moment, but mm-hmm. instead, when uh, Reagan was finally able to uh, play that feedback on the microphone yeah. that led to the radio, instead, like more sentimental sounding music was played kind of like more hopeful in a way and it was at the same time that Reagan was walking towards that one alien with the the pipe or whatever and then in the meantime Marcus he he realizes that his sister had you know accomplished you know oh, yeah. getting the radio out so then what does he do he takes out the headphones and starts he fucking drops his balls <laughs> finally find a fucking Lee pretty much and so like during like those moments just like kind of slower sounding music is yeah. being played, and, yeah. but but you're still like, you know, feeling triumphant. Yeah, and you know it doesn't need to be like oh fire bursting in it's the background. Like, yeah, it's like we have the <laughs> upper hand type of music. Yeah, we haven't won, but mm. we have we currently have the upper hand. Right, it's like the the next step to yeah your yeah achievement. yeah. It's nice. Um, another one is the happily ever after little trope. Um, like, and I think I mentioned it earlier as we started recording that, um, like they, they ended the movie, you know, with like, not entirely a closure, you know, and like, it kind of leaves room for thinking like, oh, okay, maybe there could be another, uh, movie after this one, you know, it like ended in a successful defeat, blackout. That's it. You don't need to see what's going on with the family or a reunion or anything. Yeah. It's, it's a given. It was satisfying. Yeah. It wasn't like, yay, we won, but it wasn't like, we lost. Right. And we have the upper hand. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's so weird how, like, usually for me, if if there's no, like, closure like that, I'm just like, eh, that movie was okay. But these, I'm just like, wow, I... I don't need that. And that's what makes me feel like it should be a series. <gasps> I just don't want it to go on for 12 damn seasons. <laughs> Fucking yes. Walking Dead. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't finish it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. Both. Um, <laughs> and then uh, last little trope is that usually the uh, injured character is usually considered useless. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly with Marcus, who got injured from that bear trap. I did not see that coming. Oh, Everyone yeah. was like, ow. Oh, yeah, because they showed it and everything. Oh, and Props he... to fucking makeup. <laughs> makeup and effects. That was really good. Yes. It was disgusting. He screamed his lungs out, man. Like, oh my god, I felt that pain. And so then when as a result of his injuries, like, he ended up being on baby duty for most of the movie, you know, kind of... Yeah, baby duty. <laughs> babysitter. <laughs> and then, um, in the end, he used that feedback radio to fight off the alien. So, you know, he, he stepped it up. I mean, he also was stupid and went to go explore. He did, and that's what and <laughs> brought found... that alien there in the yeah. first place. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, he fixed his mistake, at least, in a way. So, I mean, that was good. So Reagan and Marcus, the final siblings, because let's be honest, they took it home in the end of this. They totally movie. did. And I agree. That was so cool. Marcus got brave, all caps. Reagan got. <laughs> That's a nicer way to say what I said earlier. <laughs> yes, brave. Mm-hmm, yes. Yes. <laughs> and Reagan got loud. Like, did you hear her like actually scream when she hit the alien with the pipe or whatever it is she was holding in her hand? That was really good. 
Um, conduit. <laughs> <laughs> a conduit, right. Um, so I thought I'd go over, again, the little final girl, quote-unquote, qualities that both siblings happen to sort of uh, make here. Mm-hmm. Um, no sex drama, thankfully. Uh, they, they don't have, like, any significant others. There's no time for that shit. They're children. They're children, most importantly. <laughs> and then they made hella use of their environment everywhere that they went. Uh, Reagan, you know, hitting the alien with that conduit thing that was in the recording studio or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, and she, she also kept that, uh, uh, that amp everywhere she went. Yeah. While wearing it, because you know that when that alien came in after Marcus hella screamed from the bear trap, she just turned on the amp, boom, set it down, took it, took off the hearing aid, slammed it on the app. That's it. Yeah. So that was really good. And then Marcus made use of the safe house as well, you know, sharing the oxygen oxygen tank with the baby, I guess. Um, and then using the feedback radio after he realized his sister succeeded. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a teamwork sort of thing in a way in the end there. It was nice. Um, And then thinking about survival, uh, Marcus in his case, he was, you know, thinking about protecting his mom and his little brother. Yeah. Again, stepped it up. That was really good. And then I think in this case for Reagan, she was saving the closest thing to a father figure. Because her and Emmett did have that conversation. Well, at first in the beginning of the movie, she had told Emmett, you're nothing like him, you know, being teen angsty and whatnot. Teen angsty. (laughs) And then later on after they find the island, you know, Emmett has like a heart to heart with her and says like, well, you know, you're right. I am nowhere near like your father. And then, you know, he he walks off into the sunset and you see Reagan, you know, kind of thinking, oh, man. Well, you know, he's come all this way with me, and he's helped me a lot, helped me through things, and, you know, he's the closest thing she's got at the moment, so she went to uh, protect him in the end. Yeah, and then it was so nice that he said, but you are. But you are. Like, you are your father. Oh, yeah. That, you that, are like him. That was uh, very meaningful. It was nice. Um, and then another quality is that they found their defense weapons. Again, Marcus with the radio and then using the gun at the very end. And then Reagan with the hearing aid and the mini amp from the very beginning. Yeah. So those were very good. Uh, and then being aware of their surroundings. Reagan, she, I could see she grew more aware uh, since the first movie of her surroundings, I think. Um, yeah, I feel like she did grow up. Like she went from being like, like we all thought she was trying to run away in the first movie. Yeah. She was so, like, pouty and, like, I hate you, Dad, kind of thing. Yeah. But then, like, in this movie, it was more like, let me help others. Like, I have the option, I have the chance to, and I'm going to take it because now I'm grown and I understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she felt more mature. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then um, Marcus, uh, what did I write here? Oh, yeah, he was the most aware once he was forced to take off his headphones near the end, you know, when the feedback just, like, yeah, buzzed his ears and was like, oh, okay, I know what to do now to survive. So, that was really cool. Um, so, in case you didn't remember from the previous episode we did on the first movie, I had that theory about Reagan and how she was going to um, continue her father's work and making yeah. use of her hearing aid to help others. In a way, I was right. <laughs> um, that Reagan used her hearing aid uh 
through the uh, radio station, uh, how she discovered that place and was able to em em emit, emit yeah. that feedback uh, all across wherever to whoever listened, hopefully. Yeah, you're right. She totally, she totally took what he had, what, what the dad had, and, like, expanded on it, especially since they were saying that, like, in the valley, you don't get this radio station. Yes. So he would have never found it if they hadn't left their compound. <sighs> that is fantastic. That's so cool. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, I was, like, just so, like, excited about how I had, like, semi-predicted that, that I couldn't come up with another theory. <laughs> so I was just happy with that. That's it. Um, so I just wanted to talk real quick about the kidnappers or whoever that group of people was on the dock. I, I couldn't get much about them. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I didn't know what their ultimate goal was or did... When he, when that one guy with the lantern looked at um, Reagan's hearing aid, like, did he know what to do with it? Because he seemed to be holding on to it. I, I couldn't understand like what it was they were trying to. I do. don't know what they were trying to do, and that's why. Okay, that's probably one of the only things that I don't like about this second one. Yeah. Was that there's so much post-apocalyptic survival shows out there that kind of mm. show you like this is how we are surviving with our with our main needs like food water shelter mm -hmm. this is how we're surviving against these creatures or this opposition that we need to face right and then it always turns into like after we got those things more or less settled it always turns into how are we reacting with other people like how are other people reacting to this because humans yeah. are fucking assholes a lot of the time yeah a lot of them are like this is my team i have to protect them so everyone else fuck you it's always like a like a us versus them. So once they find their clicks, especially in like The Walking Dead, which I keep mentioning, but it's very similar. It is. Like like once they find their click, it's like we can't let anybody in and if you're out, you're out. Mm. And that's kind of what they touched on, but they could have expanded way more. Right. But they didn't have time to. And I'm glad that they didn't because then it would have just turned into a different movie. It would have. Yeah. I, I in a weird way, I'm glad that they, you know, killed everyone off that quick. <laughs> it was really quick. <laughs> Like, it was such, I mean, it kind of made it seem like their presence was kind of pointless, but, like, in a way, without them, we wouldn't have had those cool transitions that, you know? So, I, I don't know, but, yeah, I, I'm just glad that didn't extend beyond the movie, you know? Yeah, I really don't know what he was trying to do. <laughs> like, because he took the hearing aid off, and, like, at first I was like, ew, what a perv, why is he touching her face like that? Ugh. And, like, I was hoping it did not go that way. Like, I swear to God, if he had put hands on Reagan, I would have fucking thrown hands. Yeah. To the TV. <laughs> but. Slap that Samsung. <laughs> but, like, it was pretty unclear. But, in a way, I'm okay that they didn't elaborate. Yeah. Just cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> cut them out. So, Jenny, did you have any notes? I have three. You have three. <laughs> Got three notes. All right, let me tell you. Number one, I'm gonna delete, cause you mentioned it. Oh. I was I was gonna say, do you still consider Reagan a final girl if oh. she's not technically? Like, there's we have lots of main characters now, which again reminds me of The Walking Dead, how we started off with this group of people. Do you know what I mean? Like, we all have these, like, all of them have separate little stories that it was like a family plus Emmett. Yeah. So I don't know if I would consider her still a final girl. Yeah. Or final siblings in general. Because honestly, the mom is kind of a badass. She is. 
Which brings me to my second one. She just had a baby. Mm. Like the day before. Maybe two or three days before. Yeah. I don't exactly know how much time had passed, but I wrote down complications of giving birth. Ah. <laughs> because it's a whole ass thing to give birth to another little human. Gotta be. We have whole ass teams of doctors that help us with it now. Oh, if you yeah. want. If you opt for that. But, but like, she did it alone during a panini with, <laughs> you know, quiet. You know, I don't know how much recovery medicine they had or, like, how she... She wasn't really even really able to recover because they were, like, on the move the moment the baby was born. Yeah. Like, she got to rest for, like, the night. Ugh. And then she had to pick up and go. Oh, woman. So, how? I know. And, like, I don't know if it's just John being, like, here, wife, you're a badass. Take this badass <laughs> role. Or... That's my wife. Yeah, right? Or if it's, unfortunately, and I don't want to think this, John just kind of brushing it off like oh yeah she had a baby okay like no like i hope that he understands how much it takes to give birth yeah right like oh my god that's gotta be painful. shaking my arms just now gave me ten thousand steps <laughs> <laughs> that's how expressive you're yes, being right i'm now. being very expressive because she is a badass <laughs> she certainly is yes do you have anything <laughs> else to say about her before i move on um other than, like, you know, I thought at first that she was kind of being overshadowed a little bit, but then when she was facing that alien herself and, you know, staying under that uh, that sprinkler shower oh, yeah. thing, like, she was very, um, what, what, what's the word? She, she was being, well, she was being very smart about it, being yeah. very careful mm -hmm. in uh, handling the alien. Very clever. Like, she thought ahead. It's like when you're... Shoot. It's like when you're playing Tetris. Oh, And yes. you have to not only look at where the blocks are landing, but what you can use next. Yes. And that's exactly what she was doing in that whole scene. <laughs> Just like, I have an oxygen tank. That's fucking flammable. I got a puddle of oil. That's fucking flammable. Right. I need to get to that door on that side. I see the sprinklers are working. She, like, literally thought everything out, and then fucking... Who's this guy? Oh, uh, Shikamaru. Shikamaru'd it. <laughs> and, like, thought seven steps ahead. Pretty much. Yeah, right? So, I don't know. I really like her character. Yeah, no, she, she was really great. Okay, and then next, both my last points are about Emmett. Oh, okay. We talked in the last episode about how, how they take, they show you these things in the beginning, and then they bring them back as, like, a survival thing later. Like, the waterfall they showed in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then the baby cooing behind the running water. Uh, right? So one of the things was the foreshadowing of the word dive in sign language. Yes! In the baseball game. Before everything went down, Emmett asked, how do you say dive? Oh. She showed him. And then, but they were talking about baseball. Yeah. Right? Like, dive towards the home plate kind oh. of thing. <laughs> and, like, and then later on, when they're on the pier here probably whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> i don't own a boat i can't swim they like <laughs> and it literally gave her that symbol and like it was perfect because no one could talk no one around him knew what he was fucking saying yeah so like it was the perfect cue for her to jump into the water to dive <laughs> like i got excited i was just like oh my god yeah right <laughs> that was so cool um but then more about emmett like i wish we had a little bit of a backstory on him like we we got some like he had kids plural yeah at least he had two. a wife mm. yeah his kids passed the day of i think he said right 
The, yeah, the day of. That must have been terrible. <sighs> and then him and his wife, and then his wife got sick, and she started screaming? Oh, I don't even remember that part. Or he, like, that? he was, like, telling a story about how, like, oh, and then she got sick, sick, and it was fine until she started screaming or something, <sighs> started, like, yelling. Probably because of pain, and I don't know what she was sick from, and I don't know what happened, but he kept her body. I remember that. Because we saw it later on when Marcus was, like, walking around, and, like, mm. I kind of liked that they... Okay, he's stupid, like, Coral, stay in the house, but also, <laughs> him walking around kind of gave us a little, another little hint into Emmett's life, so I, I do appreciate that he did that. Yeah, in a way, and, like, you know, it kind of left you... With some, like, open-ended questions there. And I, I think there will probably be, be a third Quiet Place movie. Yeah, because we still got to get the rest of the family to the island now. Yeah, they got to come together at some point, right? Yeah, right? I didn't even think about that. So that's a theory for next movie, <laughs> I yeah. think. No, you're right. Oh, my God. Here I am talking about how I don't need the closure. The family got to be together. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't uh, need the closure. They're separated forever. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, God. I'm also glad that, like, Emmett and Ev- Evelyn didn't, like, oh, suddenly be together or anything like that. Like, Oh, yeah. Because, especially because I'm pretty sure that was, like, the next day after uh, John Krasinski's character died. I forgot his character's name. Um, so I'm just calling him John. After he, like, had just died. Good call, so, Jim. Like, Jim. <laughs> okay, you know, I gotta stop making those jokes. I know you're trying to move on Harry Potter, but you're always gonna be Harry Potter. <laughs> Shit, I made another Harry Potter. Take a shot. I made oh. another Harry Potter reference. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm I'm glad they didn't do... Because, th- I don't know why. Because based off of the, um, like, the movie poster that I had seen, like, there was another guy there, and I'm just like, uh, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> don't Yeah, like, I hope they don't... <laughs> she did kind of, like, look to him for protection, though, like, a little bit. At least, yeah. I mean, that that's as far as I think that can go. Like, and... I think Evelyn's in the right... Evelyn? Have I been calling her the right name? Evelyn has been in the right mindset. <laughs> Abbott. Abbott. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Um, no, but I'm glad that Evelyn's in the right uh, mindset, you know, yeah. to not be like, you know, throw herself in the arms of another guy. Yeah, even after just having a child. Right. Because <laughs> having a child does not... You know, there's... Okay. <laughs> there's so many things that go into that. Right. Yeah, there's a lot And of we that. really just skipped over that page, you know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like... It was quick. Yeah. <laughs> a little too quick. But and like, I get she's a badass, but she also needs a little bit of time to, like, she, chill. She needs to be human. To chill out, yeah. <laughs> she needs to be human. And, yeah. B- bottom line, she didn't confuse protection with love. Or romantic mm-hmm. love. So, that was good. Mm-hmm. Overall, I am glad about this movie. I'll, you know, I'll watch it again. But uh, right now? Yeah, let's go. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that segued really weird. How about we just close off? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, thank you again for uh, listening to us about Quiet Place 2 on Cutting Room Convos, people. I'm Yasmin. People. People. <laughs> I'm Yasmin. I'm Jenny. And I'll be right back. 
Cutting Room Combos was recorded at our home studio. All opinions are our own and we do not represent any companies mentioned. This episode was on A Quiet Place 2. Oh, part two. <laughs> the 2020 film directed by John Krasinski. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Combos Room. Hope you enjoyed. I didn't, um, I don't remember if we said that they're listening to Cutting Room Combos. Oh, wait. Did we? I thought I did. <laughs> You're listening to Cutting Room Combos. <laughs> Welcome. There you go. We're going to continue. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. So we're going to be talking about A Quiet Place too. No. You know, I probably should return those movies. I forgot when the they are due. <laughs> Anyways, so we'll probably watch that and return it to our local libraries. No. Hana Hana props. <laughs> Please take that out. <laughs> <laughs> no.